All right. Hello, everyone. We are so glad you are here. We are in the midst of a very significant and exciting season um, here at Christ Community. Last week, we officially unveiled the vision that God is calling us as a church to pursue, a vision that will impact the lives of thousands and thousands of people in our city, in our region, in our world for generations to come. If you missed last week, I encourage you to watch the message online. Also, we have put together an informational packet uh, for each family to have. And so pick up that packet in the lobby after this service. Now, just to bring everyone up to speed on this, we have put together a seven minute video that captures the heartbeat and the essence of this vision. has done through our church family over the past several years. We've seen people experience God afresh in our weekend services, come to faith in our alpha classes, grow in community through our e-groups, and find healing and lasting change through our prayer ministries. Through ministries like ShareFest, Kids Hope, and Gospel Unleashed, thousands of lives have been touched by the love of Jesus. While we rejoice in these blessings, it would be very easy for us to sit back and hit cruise control, rejoicing in what God has done in our past while subconsciously closing our eyes to the tremendous needs around us in the present. Our God is for our city. His heart is for the spiritually lost. When God looks at our city, he sees lives that can be transformed by his love. So what would it look like for us in this next chapter of Christ community to be for the spiritually lost in our city, region, and world in a more strategic and impactful way than ever before? We have sought to listen to the Spirit's voice, and we believe God has clearly spoken. He has given us an incredibly exciting vision for the future, a vision where gospel-centered compassion and influence can multiply in significant ways in our community and around the world, impacting thousands and thousands of lost people for generations to come. It's a vision that we're calling for the city and beyond. This vision involves focusing our hearts and resources as a church in nine key areas. All around us, marriages are breaking up, families are in disarray, children are often neglected, undernourished, unloved. Imagine the impact if we as a church focused more energy towards these pressing needs. So many people in our church and our community struggle with anxiety, depression, addictions. Imagine a dedicated healing center on our 15th Street campus offering to our community healing and listening prayer, lay counsel like life coaching and encouragement. So many people in our city are stuck in a cycle of poverty, unable to meet their basic needs. As a church, imagine being a catalyst in our community to truly empower people to find a path to dignity and sustainable financial independence. All around us are hundreds of refugees who have fled oppression around the world. All they long for is a better life for their family. Imagine the impact our church could have as we love and resource this segment of our population. 
Gangs are a significant problem in our city, yet with love and support, many would choose life beyond gangs. Imagine our church being a catalyst to see lives in our community transformed. I'm here on a sunny winter day at the intersection of West 10th Street and 83rd Avenue, the main growth corridor of Greeley. More than 200,000 people live within 20 minutes of this intersection, and the vast majority of those have no connection to a church and no relationship to Christ. Behind me is 36 acres of land that God blessed us with a few years ago. After much prayer, counsel, and evaluation, the leadership of Christ's community believes God is calling us to use this land to reach people for Him. How? By multiplying our church's presence in this part of our city through the creation of a permanent West Campus. Imagine having two vibrant campuses, one here and one at 15th Street, both offering our community a place to connect with others and discover a relationship with God. On this property, we are dreaming not simply about a building, not even about a church, but a gathering place for the community filled with scores of purposefully designed spaces for people to come, engage, and grow. This includes a Zoe's Cafe West where people can connect and build relationships in a warm, relevant, engaging environment. All of this would be designed for use throughout the week so parents could enjoy a quiet cup of coffee while their children play in the adjacent indoor play area. Our focus is on the lives and the stories of the people we will reach. That's why we want to create spaces like the green with room to play soccer or gather for an outdoor concert, along with bike paths and areas for conversation. Imagine the blessing this could be to our community, creating an inviting gateway into our city. Leadership is critical to transforming our city with the gospel. We believe the time is now to be intentional about training the next generation of leaders. Imagine biblically trained and empowered leaders making an impact on our culture through church, neighborhoods, schools, and businesses. For the past 10 years, we as a church have strategically invested in global initiatives and partnerships through Project Beyond and Gospel Unleashed, seeing a huge impact for the kingdom. As a church, we are committed to continuing our efforts to bring justice to the victims of trafficking, to extend compassion to the vulnerable, and to provide sustainable solutions to lift communities out of poverty. We will continue to train and empower thousands of leaders to share the gospel and plant churches in Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America. Imagine thousands of people coming to Christ through these incredible partnerships. What an amazing vision God is calling us as a church to pursue. And to think you and I get to be a part of this. I'm inviting you to be a part of the next chapter of the Christ community story. This vision will involve people resources as well as financial resources. Everything in our church's history has led us to this moment in time. I don't want to miss it. Myself, my family, we're all in. And I don't want you and your family to miss this. Join me in taking the love of Christ to our city and beyond. Amen. 
very exciting vision. Um, that video is going to be available. We'll put it on the forthecityandbeyond.org website. So if you want to share that, we'll have that on sometime this week. But that gives you a feel for this vision God's given us. We want to change more stories. We want to see Jesus impact the lives of more people. Now, as I mentioned in the video, this video has been, or excuse me, this vision has been the result of lots of prayer, lots of processing over a period of many, many months. And we believe God has clearly spoken, given us this for the city and beyond vision. God's heart is for our city, and he is calling us to be for our city as well in a more strategic and impactful way than ever before. Now, one of the things that God has been and is using in a profound way to shape and fuel this vision, not only in my own heart, but in the heart of our church, is a guy in the Old Testament by the name of Nehemiah. Nehemiah um, was an ordinary guy, a working man. He happened to work for King Artaxerxes, who was king of Persia. And one day, Nehemiah hears that his hometown, the city of Jerusalem, is in bad shape. The walls of the city are broken down. Its people are vulnerable to attack. So when Nehemiah hears this news, his heart is broken. He begins to fast and pray. And in that praying, God puts on Nehemiah's heart a desire, a burden, a vision to do something about this need. And, and, and Nehemiah begins to move this vision forward in a profound way. Well, I believe God wants to speak to us. He, he is speaking to us through this book, and he wants to speak to us through the example of Nehemiah, showing us how this for the city and beyond vision, how this vision can move forward in our city, our region, and our world. There are four critically important questions that Nehemiah centers this vision on, and each is critically important for us as well. So first critical question about this vision, do you see the need do you see the need? We, we talked about this last week, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. But, but the, one of the first things Nehemiah does when he gets to the city of Jerusalem is inspect the walls. He wants to see for himself the need. He wants to see for himself where the walls are broken down. See, Nehemiah shows us that God-given vision always flows from our willingness to see the brokenness around us. I mean, this entire For the City and Beyond vision is rooted in this reality. There are so many areas of need all around us in our own community in terms of children and families and the poor and the emotionally broken, the refugees, those coming out of gangs, the hundreds and thousands of spiritually lost people. What are the needs around you? The person at your workplace battling anxiety, the refugee student in your class struggling to keep up, the child in your neighborhood needing mentoring. I mean, needs are everywhere. And that's just our, that's just our community. There are tremendous needs globally as well. The, the horrors of sex trafficking, the need for clean water and basic medical care, the, the need for global churches and church leaders. Do, do you and I see the needs around us the way God sees them? Do we recognize the spiritual walls of our city that are broken down and in desperate need of rebuilding? Second question Nehemiah presents as it relates to, to moving a vision forward, and that's this. Are you willing to be a part of the solution? Are we willing to be a part of the solution? After inspecting the walls, Nehemiah then goes to the people and he says to them, verse 17, come, let's rebuild. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in, in disgrace. I mean, he, see, he's casting a vision, a solution. Let's rebuild these walls. 
Let's do something about this situation. And then he adds a critically important motivational element, the why. The why. He tells the people why this is so important. He says, let's rebuild the wall so that we will no longer be in disgrace. Now, what's he talking about? How are they a disgrace? The word means like an embarrassment. How are they an embarrassment? Well, from the first book in the Bible, we know that God had a purpose for his people. The people of Israel, right? To be a light and a blessing to the world. God wanted to use the Jewish nation. He chose them to be a blessing to the world. He wanted to use the Jewish nation to reveal his gospel and his glory to the world. Now, and and, and at that time, Jerusalem was at the heart of this. So here is Jerusalem, this this icon for the Jewish people in, in disrepair. What does that communicate about God's people? That they don't care about God's purposes being done. That they don't care about God's glory. They don't care about being a blessing to the world. And the same thing could be said about the church in America today. Are we demonstrating God's heartbeat and and, and, and purpose in our response to the needs around us? Or are we just hunkering down, focusing on ourselves and hoping Jesus comes back soon to rescue us? Now, I know, I know the heart of this church. I know the heart of this church. We are not a church that wants to hunker down and focus on ourselves. I know that about our church. I love that about our church. We want to shine the light and the love of Jesus as brightly as we can. And that is the heartbeat of this For the City and Beyond vision. Let's do something. Let's point our hearts towards these specific needs in our neighborhood, in our community, and around the world. Let's move forward. With, the, with, with gospel-centered compassion and faith to see God's love and his truth change more people's stories. So first question, do you see the need? Second question, are you willing to be a part of the solution? Third question Nehemiah asks in order to move this vision forward, why now? Why now? I'm sure there were folks in Nehemiah's day who were thinking, yeah, the walls are broken down, but you know what? We we could rebuild them, but they've been this way a while. Why should we do something now? And notice his answer to this question. It's easy to miss, but it's right here in the text. Right after inviting them to come together to rebuild the wall, he then says this, verse 18. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. Do Do you hear what he's saying? Why should we do this now? Because God is in this. God is in this. God has been sovereignly orchestrating circumstances, leading us to this moment. See, here, here's what I envision happened in the verse that we just read. Here's what I envision happened. Nehemiah pulled up a chair and he began to, whatever they did that in that day, but he, he pulled up something, right? And he sat down and he began to share with them the details, the story of how God had been at work. He told them about how he had prayed before his meeting with the king and how in that meeting, the king had noticed that Nehemiah's face was downcast and he asked him why. And Nehemiah told them all about how he had responded to the king's question, telling them about, telling the king about the need in Jerusalem and how the king, the king, the most powerful man on earth at that time had had agreed to all of his requests, including the provision of lumber that they needed and all and providing safety and travel. I mean, the point of this telling this 
story was to, for Nehemiah telling the story, the point was to show the people there the truth that God is in this, that he had led them to this moment. And I believe with all my heart that the same thing is true of us. There's a story of a church that had been in decline for decades, dwindling to less than 100 people. And that this church had actually had a meeting in 1989 to decide whether or not they should just close the doors for good, just give up, close the doors for good. And there were some people there that thought that was the wisest course of action. But there were others there who had prayed and prayed for their church, and they believed that God was not done with all that he wanted to do. They decided to keep going, they hired a 27-year-old pastor who had no pastoral experience, who didn't know what he was doing, but he too believed God was not done there. And over the years, God began to answer those prayers as life was poured into this congregation, so much so that by the year 2000, we were running out of space. So we prayed, and God led us to do the unthinkable, to purchase the five homes to the north of this landlocked building, in order to expand our worship center and children's space. One of the homeowners at that time was an atheist professor at UNC who swore, who swore he would never sell his home to this church. And God miraculously changed his heart. All five homes were purchased for the appraised value. We donated them to the city and moved them to another neighborhood. And then we built the building I'm standing in right now. This was a huge step of faith for our church then. I mean, the cost of that building was five times our general fund, but we, we said yes to God. And because of that step of faith, more than twice as many people are growing in their faith and being impacted by Jesus. I, last week, I asked for a show of hands of how many people who had never attended Christ's community in the old sanctuary. It was like 80, 90% every service, 80 to 90% of people who are here today because of that step of faith 15 years ago. So a few years into this new building, God got my attention on a Father's Day weekend um, and made it clear that he had a message for our church and it was not the message I had prepared. He told us that we were like mannequins sitting in our worship center, sitting in our worship center seats, but having no life. He told us that if we repented of our complacency, he would give us his vision. So we did, and he did. He gave us this crazy idea known as Project Beyond, where for three years we invested in kingdom initiatives locally and around the world. That led to Project Beyond Catalyst, another three-year journey. And in that vision, God gave us a, a vision, in that season, God gave us a vision for Zoe's. This coffee shop, this downtown coffee shop, this marketplace ministry downtown. Now, it just so happened that through that Zoe's connection, one of our staff members got to know a person who does not attend our church. And one day, out of the blue, this person reached out to us and asked if we would be interested in 36 acres of land on West 10th Street. He wanted to give it to us. 30,000 cars drive past this property every day. So we said, well, let's think about, let us think about that. Okay, let's do it. Um, and that, that, was a, that, was, that was about four years ago. We didn't know what we were supposed to do with the land, but we knew that God would lead us. Well, within about two years of that, we were praying and just trying to figure out what we were going to do and all that stuff, praying and all that. Within two years of that, we began to realize that our 15th Street facility 
is significantly limited in its capacity to grow into the future. Not only that, 200,000 people live within 20 minutes of this donated property, and most of those people don't know Jesus. So do you see the thread of God's activity in all of these circumstances over the past several years? A dying congregation voting whether or not to continue, then a few years later needing to expand the building to reach more people, which led to Project Beyond and this missional heartbeat, which led to the acquiring of Zoe's, which led to this land being given to us at a time when space is running out here, which led to this vision of multiplying God's impact to the lost and broken people in our city, our region, and our world. God is in this. God's hand has been and is upon this church. He has led us to this moment in time. It's as if he's saying to us, you have been faithful with the facility and people resources I have entrusted to you. Now I want to entrust you with more resources to use for my glory. This is the parable of the talents, right? Now I'm entrusting you more resources to use for my glory, to bring my light to this region, to bring hope to the poor, the broken, the refugee, the spiritually lost. That's what this For the City and Beyond vision is all about. So in response to this question, why now? The answer, because God is in this. God is in this. He has led us to this moment and he is inviting us to more intentionally direct our heart toward the brokenness all around us. Let's not miss this next chapter of the story that he's writing. The time is now to take action and to follow God's leading into a very exciting future, not only for this church, but for our, our city and, and beyond. Now there's one more critically important question Nehemiah asks as it relates to this vision. How are we gonna do this? How are we going to do this? How is it even possible for this group of ordinary people to accomplish the task of re, uh, this magnitude? I mean, Jerusalem was not a dinky village. I mean, the wall was significant in size. So how could they possibly accomplish this vision? Well, we see how. In Nehemiah chapter 3, let me start reading his chapter, and you're going to hear for yourself how this gets done. Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zakur, son of Imri, built next to them. The fish gate was actually rebuilt by the sons of Hassanah. They built its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Merimoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, repaired the next section. Next to him, Meshulam, son of Berechiah, the son of Meshezabel, made repairs. And next to him, Zadok, son of Bana, also made repairs. The next section was repaired by, this goes on for 25 more verses. I mean, Nehemiah is showing us exactly how a job that big gets done through teamwork. It's the only way. Every person has a job to do. They each had a section of the wall to help repair. So here we see name after name, most of them I can't even pronounce, name after name of ordinary people. They're not famous people. They're never mentioned again in the Bible. Ordinary people who gave of their time. They gave of their talent. They gave of their treasure to help build a particular portion of the wall. And together with each person doing their part, this momentous task was accomplished. 
And the same thing is true for us. Same thing is true for us. This For the City and Beyond vision is a big vision involving people resources as well as financial resources. In terms of people resources, so much of this vision is about relational connection with people in need in our city. This is not about giving handouts. It's not about giving handouts. It's about coming alongside of those caught in the cycle of poverty or those trapped in gangs. It's about activating our hearts toward a refugee family or someone who is battling anxiety or a child in need of mentoring or parents in need of wisdom and help. This is all about relationships. It's about being with people rather than ministering to people. And there's a big difference. So what would it look like if we had hundreds and hundreds of people? We had dozens and dozens of e-groups who adopted one of these areas of need in our city and began building relationships with and coming alongside people in that situation. I mean, this, this, is, this isn't about a few people in our church forming a local outreach committee. This is about all of us engaging relationally with needs around us. I mean, talk about the importance of teamwork. Imagine the impact of this team, this team of 2,000 plus people at Christ Community directing their hearts towards these needs in our community in a relational way. Wow. The impact could be huge. So that's the people part. Now this vision also has a financial part financial resource part. Our goal in this three-year vision is to raise $7 million, which will enable us to move forward in all the aspects of this vision, locally and globally. That $7 million is about half the cost of the, of the project. The rest of that will be responsibly financed within the church's general operating budget. Now, again, that, that's a big number. $7 million is a big number. That's a, that's a lot of money. It, it's twice, twice our general fund as a church, our yearly general fund. So, so how is it going to be possible? There's only one way, only one way, teamwork. We need every person to ask, to pray and ask God if and how he would want them to give towards this vision. That's the only way this vision can move forward. Now, for those of you who are numbers type people, like I am, if you're a numbers type person, um, we, we've kind of laid out, we've put together actually a gift guide. Um, we're going to put it up on the screen here. It's in two parts because we couldn't fit it on one. This is also in your brochure, so you can refer to this later. But basically, this gift guide shows us a projected matrix for how we as a church can get to our goal. Let's go ahead and go to the second slide there. Um, so how we can get to our goal. We need various numbers of people making various various size commitments. And you see all these then total to seven and a half million, um, which is just a, it allows some margin <clears throat> for us to get to our goal. But as you can see in this chart, we need, we need people that have the resources to make a hundred thousand dollar three-year commitment. We need, we also need people who can commit to a $30,000 commitment over three years. We need lots of people who through sacrificial generosity can contribute $10,000 to this over the next three years. And we need people who could give $10 a week to this. I mean, over a three-year period of time, $10 a week adds up to over $1,500 given to this vision. We just need, we need teamwork. We need everyone to be a part here. Now, now let me clarify. I'm talking here just about these are three-year commitments that are over and above our regular giving to this church. If we simply take the money we have already been giving to our general fund here, 
and then we direct it, hey, I'm going to stop doing that, and I want to direct it towards this vision, that doesn't really help in terms of the church's overall ministry because we still have these needs over here. So this is over and above regular giving to the church. So that what this chart shows us is that all size gifts and commitments are needed. They're, they're all important. Every gift is important. Every gift matters. And it's going to take teamwork for this vision to happen. Each of us prayerfully determining what sacrifices we can make. God's calling us to make in order for this to happen. What steps of generosity God is calling us to. And together, together, this vision can move forward. So what might this prayerful processing look like? Well, let me tell you, I want to share a little bit of my 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 wife, Raylene, and my story and our journey in this, because it, it really has been a process for us. <clears throat> and I want you to know, you know, I'm, I'm kind of walking this journey with you. <clears throat> so several months ago, as it became clear that this vision was probably going to involve a significant three-year financial commitment for a building <clears throat> as, a, as a part of it, but we knew that there was a significant financial commitment to this thing. There was a part of our heart that was excited about the impact, but honestly, there was another part of our heart that was less than enthusiastic. Another three-year campaign, you know, we've, been, we've done this for 10 years, you know, I'm just, just being honest. So we began to pray. We began to pray about this. And in that process of several weeks of praying, a couple of things began to happen. First, God began to stir in us a greater sense of urgency um, and a greater sense of the urgency and the impact of this vision. Our city and our region have huge spiritual needs. And we are not doing all we can as a church to help reach these people. We're not. When that reality began to settle into my heart, when, when, I, when, I, when I saw more clearly the needs around us, all those other voices about another campaign, come on, let's take a break, all those other voices faded into the background. This was about how we could touch the lives of lots of spiritually lost people. What could be more valuable than that? So we started to feel a greater sense of excitement about the privilege of being a part of touching lives in that way. God is in this. We just had this sense. God is in this. And we want to be a part of what God's doing. Well, then, so once we kind of got our hearts to that place over a period of a few weeks here, then we needed to figure out how much we were going to commit to this vision, which was also not an easy thing to process. Um, we all know how that works. You know, you just know how that works. It's not easy. It's money, all that stuff. It's just not an easy thing to process. And probably like many of you, we were thinking, how much more of our income can we give to this? I mean, we're already tithing to our church, 10%. We're already tied to this church, 10%. And then above that, we're giving to Gospel Unleashed, as well as a few other causes, like sponsoring a child with compassion and all that stuff. Plus, we have two kids in college. How much more income can we give? How is this going to work? So God began to open our eyes and our hearts to think outside the box a bit. Since everything we have is God's, right? Everything we have is God's. Are there other assets? We began to ask, are there other assets or other sacrifices or other avenues that we could consider for this vision? Well, the first thing we thought of was the fact that this coming October, our mortgage will be paid in full. Praise God for 15-year mortgages. Hallelujah. Okay. So what if after October... We took the money we were paying towards principal and interest on our loan, and we committed that amount to this vision for the remaining 28 months. We were already paying that. We already, you know, we were already paying that amount. We could just redirect it towards this vision for 28 months, and we decided to do that. Now, that's not too much of a sacrifice since it's a payment we were already making. So then we thought about how we have really wanted to buy a newer car for a few years. We both drive 2002 vehicles. 
And so we've been thinking it would be really nice to have a newer car, maybe with a smoother ride, maybe even heated seats. So as we we were thinking about this, but as we were praying about this vision, we realized this is a sacrifice we could make. Our cars are functioning. We could take the money we would have spent on a car, minus the trade-in value, and give that to this vision. Honestly, I kind of like the idea of, of making that sacrifice so that whenever I'm tempted to complain about my car, or wish I had a newer car, I can remember, I'm doing this for Jesus, and he's worth it. Well, then we looked at, um, so those two things together, so we're kind of putting all this together. Then we looked at a pre-inheritance gift we had been given uh, fairly recently, and we realized we hadn't given God any of that. And so we decided on giving a portion, a percentage of that to this vision. And then finally, when I had written my book more, about a year and a half ago, or whenever that was, I had told the Lord that any money that I made from the proceeds of that, I would give to him. I would give it away. I'd give to him. So we put that amount in also. So suddenly, even with two kids in college and our tithing commitment to this church, we were able to give to this vision way more than we ever thought possible which is so exciting for us. Now, now I tell you our story for a couple of reasons. This is really important. It's important I tell this, I feel like, for a couple of reasons. One, I just want you to know that I'm, I'm not leading you someplace I'm not willing to go. We're, we're in here. We're in this. And I want you to know that. But there are a couple other reasons I want you to hear this. One, I want you to know that it was not easy. It was not an easy process for Raylene and I. And it was not instantaneous. Oh, yeah, we're just going to give this amount. It wasn't instantaneous. It was a journey. It was a journey of lots of prayer and conversations and wrestling. And it, it just involved seeing afresh the vision, this vision, and seeking the Lord about what he wanted us to do. But it was a journey of several weeks. Some of you right now, you're, in the begin, you're at the beginning of this journey. Maybe you're just now hearing about this vision for the first time, or maybe you were here last week, but it's, it's pretty new. Um, and, and you're wrestling with all sorts of questions. I totally get that. That is totally okay. Wrestle. It's Okay wrestle with it. That's part of the process. Keep seeking the Lord and he will direct you. He will direct you. Be expectant about how he's going to lead you. He promises to, and that's going to, it's going to be an exciting adventure. The other reason that I wanted to tell our story is to encourage all of us here. Listen very carefully. This is really important to encourage all of us here to think outside the box in terms of giving to this vision. See, if we only think in terms of how much of our increased income could we give, I think we miss out on tons of giving generosity potential. There are lots of creative, non-traditional sources for generosity. It could be some asset. It could be some stock we've owned for a long time. It could be some funds from a retirement savings account. It could be some other revenue stream. It could be an oil lease. It could be farm income. It could be the rental income from a couple of properties you own. It may, you may not be a place where your mortgage is close to being paid off, but but that doesn't mean there there aren't other creative avenues to look at. I mean, what about a car payment that at some point in the next three years is going to end? Or what about a tuition payment? That's going to end. I, I talk with a couple in our church whose child is graduating this May from college. They're going to donate that monthly tuition payment for the remainder of the three years to for the city and beyond, which is awesome. See, the, the, the fact that this vision is over a three-year period of time increases the possibilities for greater generosity for all of us here. And so I want to encourage you to think outside the box. Think outside the box. We, we listed some other creative um, ideas on the commitment card and the packet. Um, and also, we have put together a handout 
that gives more specific detail on non-traditional ways of giving, like from an IRA or from another asset. There are, there are um, unique tax benefits with some of these, depending on how you give them. And so I encourage you to pick up that sheet um, just that has some more detailed information about some of those things, and maybe the things you hadn't even thought about. Um, and so the, it's available at the next area, or you, if you want to um, email, we can email or send you a copy if you call the church, and we can get you a copy of that. But that's at the next area at, at either campus. I mean, the sky's the limit, really. The sky's the limit when we begin to look at all of our possessions through the lens of God's ownership. And we say to him, God, how do you want to use these resources for your glory? Suddenly it opens up all sorts of things we hadn't considered before. It's pretty exciting. Now, yeah, it will involve faith and trust. It certainly is for Raylene and I. It's going to involve, you know, it may involve levels of sacrifice or generosity beyond what you've ever experienced. That's certainly the case for Raylene and I. But that's a really good thing. That's a great thing. God loves it when we step out in faith and we trust him more fully. I mean, ultimately, I mentioned this last week. I'm going to to hammer this home probably every week. But here's the deal. Ultimately, this vision is as much about what God wants to do in us as it is about what God wants to do through us. And so, so I'm asking each one of you, each one of you, to begin praying about and processing and dreaming with the Lord about how he might want you to be involved in this vision. In terms of the people part, be praying about an area of this vision that your heart is, is resonating with or a need that your e-group or your, your family or whatever could focus on the future. There, there's going to be a place on the commitment card. There's a place there where you can write in that particular need and say, I want to be involved as a volunteer in this. In terms of the financial part, be praying, begin praying and asking God to, to just to, to stretch your faith, asking him how he would want you to be involved in this by making a three-year financial commitment. Now, we're asking for all of the cards, all the commitment cards to be turned in, or you can do it online as well, but all those turned in the weekend of March 6th and 7th. So that's plenty of time. You still got like three weeks, three weeks to plenty of time to seek the Lord and to pray about this. Let him lead you. Let him stretch your faith. Let him bring creative ideas. And let him show you how you could do more than you, more than you could even imagine. It's very exciting. And together, as each one of us does our part and we, we do what the Lord's telling us to do, these spiritually broken walls in our city, our region, our world can be rebuilt. The lives of thousands and thousands of people will be impacted for Jesus. And to think we get to be a part of this. <laughs> What an amazing thing. We get to be a part of this. What an amazing, what an incredible privilege that is. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. I want to thank you. More, more, I just want to thank you for your heart for the world, your heart for our city, your heart for this region, your heart for us. Thank you for this amazing vision that you have this, actually more than this vision, thank you for the story that you've been writing through this church for decades. The thread of your activity and, and, and the different things you have led us to embrace and pursue and step out in faith in the way you've responded. And there's an amazing story here that you're writing. And we just thank you for your faithfulness in that. And we thank you that you're not done writing a story. 
And you're inviting us again to be a part of this. Thank you. And so I want to pray for us, first of all, that our eyes would be open to see the needs we drive past, the, the, the needs we live near, the needs around us in, the, in our school. We, you just open our eyes to see and our hearts to be broken. And that you would stir in us a willingness to be a part of the solution. That we would have a sense of urgency and importance about this. And that your hand is in this. And we would recognize that this, this involves teamwork. It involves teamwork. And each one of us can have a part to play in this. Thank you for calling us as a church to this amazing vision to be a part of something that could impact so many people's lives for generations to come. What a privilege. What a, what a privilege. Thank you for entrusting us with this vision. And we need your help, Lord, as a church. We need you. We need you to raise up people. We need you to raise up, our, to, to lay on our hearts compassion and, and a burden for particular needs. We need you to, to speak to us financially about how you want us to be involved. Lord, we just need you and to give us the faith to step out in both of those areas. We just, we need you. So we pray for that. Holy Spirit, fill us. Thank you that you're leading us. You're directing this whole process. We offer it to you, Lord. And I want to thank you, God, just this, really, this is about changing more stories, ultimately. And I, I thank you, the heart of this whole thing, it's rooted in the fact that you've changed our story. You changed our story. When you came to earth, that great sacrifice to yourself, and you laid down your life for us. God, thank you for that picture of your heart and the fact that this whole vision is rooted in the gospel, in that good news that you love us that much and you gave your life for us and you invite us to lay our lives down for others. Thank you for being such an incredible savior. We're so grateful. We're so grateful. <laughs> we love you so much, God. We just, we love you so much. So we have an opportunity here um, in just a moment um, to partake of the Lord's Supper at whatever campus you're in. There's an opportunity as the worship team, in just a moment, the worship team is gonna begin to lead us in, in some songs. And there are tables set up around the worship center. And we invite you at any point during the worship time, just slip out of your seat and you can come to a table, take the bread, dip it in the, the cup, and then you can partake, partake there or you can go back to your seat and partake. And we want to encourage all of us as we're doing that, it's not about a ritual, it's, it's about this relationship that's ours in Jesus. And, and, and I'm going to pray just a moment that the gospel just gets stirred in our heart in a greater way as we partake. This, just our, our heart for our Savior, Jesus, who gave so much for us to change our story. So, Lord, we pray for that. We pray that, that as we partake in these next few minutes, 
that you would awaken the reality of the gospel in us. We would see afresh your love and your generosity towards us, the gift of your life for us. And, and we just we want to be filled with gratitude to, to you for changing our story in such a significant way, changing the trajectory of our lives in, such a, in our eternity in such a significant way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that incredible gift to us. So we love you, Lord. We love you, God. Why don't we stand as the worship team is going to lead us. If at some point you want to sit on, that's fine, but please stand. And uh, Jesus set us free to worship you now.